0: For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
1: Welcome to Seek Reality with your host, Roberta Grimes. Author and attorney, Roberta Grimes, will explore and illustrate how she, after an extraordinary experience of light and childhood, has discovered channels of communication to the afterlife and how these implications have an effect on our everyday lives. Please welcome the host of Seek Reality, Roberta Grimes.
2: Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm glad you could be with us today. One issue that sometimes people ask me about, and I've never had a good enough expert that I could find who could talk to us about it, is the phenomenon of psychic detective work. So when Wendy Zammett let me know about Australia's wonderful psychic detective and her new book, I was delighted to reach out to her. Sydney-based Debbie Malone was the 2013 Australian Psychic of the Year, and she bills herself as Australia's number one psychic detective. All of that, of course, well-deserved. She is an acclaimed and highly respected psychic, clairvoyant, psychometry, I can never say this word, psychometry expert in spirit medium, and frankly, she's had six amazing near-death experiences, which probably are the source of some of her gifts. We're going to get into that. Some of the work that Debbie has done is frankly astounding, and I love it when I can ne- learn new things. And she documents many of the highlights of her uh, it, it work in her intense new book, which is called Clues from the Beyond. I've just finished reading it literally within the last half hour. And, of course, any information that purports to come from the victim of an accident or a murder that reveals important information that could not have been known otherwise, wow, wow. That is very powerful evidence, isn't it, that the dead survive? And she's done this a number of times. And think about the parents, think about the children, of, think about the relatives and loved ones of people who have been lost and just can't be found. The comfort of knowing what's finally happened to them, getting closure on that, and, and being able to hear directly from them to through Debbie that they're they're okay. There's nothing that can put a price on that. So she's doing really wonderful work. We're thrilled to have Debbie here today, all the way from Australia. Debbie Malone, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Roberta. Robert, lovely to speak to you this morning. Oh, it's this evening, and you're... Okay. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yes, that's fine. That's one of the things I love about talking to Australia. It's always... The world's always turned around completely, and it's very early in the morning for her, and when we're speaking here, of course, it's late in the afternoon. But please start, Debbie, just by telling us, what is psychic detective work from your perspective? I, I, um, I'm I called in by
3: the police to work on cases, so they might um, just say they've got a case that they want me to come into the station with. I usually don't know anything about it. And then I'll work with items like a piece of jewellery or maybe a photograph, usually the jewellery I do first. So that's what the psychometry is. So I'll tune into the jewellery and from holding that I can become the victim so I can see it through their eyes. I can actually be the murderer and see it through his or her eyes. Um, I can feel their pain. I, it's like I'm, I'm a witness at times. I'm watching what happens. I hear them, see them, feel them. Um, you can feel their pain, unfortunately, but then that also helps me to describe to the police what happens. I'll smell things, see things. Um, I get little visions at times. It's like watching little TV screens of little snippets of their life or their last moments.
2: Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? Explain to people what psychometry is because uh, many people, I don't think, have even not even heard the term. Yes, the word
3: psychometry comes from a Greek word meaning soul measuring. So what happens um, when we wear an item, Our um, part of our soul is actually imprinted into that item or our energy. So um, if, if I hold a piece of jewelry like a ring or a watch or something like that, part of that person's energy will be imprinted into that. And it's
2: sort of like that's how I connect with them. Does it stay there forever? I mean, is it like if you if it was someone who was murdered a hundred years ago, and someone gave you a say a, a hair comb she had worn all the time, would you be able to still pick up that energy? or Does it fade over time? Um, no, it would still be there. And I think sometimes you know if people buy antique
3: items and they might they might have worn it, but then the previous person when I'm doing when I'm tuning in, sometimes I sort of get what I call layering. So I might get the previous owners as well as the current owner. So you get sort of little snippets but um with with clothing I mean it does fade because it's washed um it it does sort of fade back and it depends how
2: many people have handled
3: it so if there's been you know
2: a lot of people touching it I mean I mean I've heard of this and I I know something about it but I'm fascinated by it nonetheless so if something that they that they had just owned and left at home and it's not associated with a murder you'd only sort of pick up the way they were before that that event right but if it is if it's something that they wore during the murder would you be able to pick up elements of that maybe their fear or whatever from from the piece of jewelry you can do
3: it both ways a lot of the time i will be given items that they didn't wear at the time of the murder and i can still tune in that way but yes if it's it's more significant if it's actually something they've been wearing but a lot of the time i work on um cold cases so they're cases where there isn't any evidence of the person so i don't actually always get to hold something that they were wearing at the time of the murder
2: we have only just begun to talk about this everyone we're going to go through actually a case with her and see how it has turned out and what's going on with it but this is a whole new area which is actually more and more common in this country of if the if the police happen to find a psychic detective who has done successful work for them, this will become a standard thing. Now, it just so happens that Debbie is in Australia, but it goes on all over the world. So we've only just begun to talk about what's a a fascinating new field. Um, This is Roberta Grimes' Secret Reality with Debbie Malone. We will be right, right back.
1: 401 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. twenty-four seven,
4: three
1: sixty-five. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder president by donating at www.HolisticCancerFoundation.com.
4: Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good To Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers.
2: welcome back to seek reality this is roberta grimes and debbie malone is our wonderful guest she is a psychic detective she helps to give closure to people who have missing persons, um, uh, f- help people to under help people understand how crimes were committed. And I find her book fascinating because this is an area I really had really know nothing about. Her book is called Clues from the Beyond, and it's just out. So, Debbie, let's talk about briefly about your near death experiences. Uh, did were you psychic before you had those experiences?
3: Uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I've had my first one at three. Um, oh. That I um but I found out later on in life after my grandmother died that she was very psychic and she used to um her and my great aunt used to have flower readings in the nineteen forties in Tasmania, which is quite a odd thing way back then
2: because nobody really wow. went to the spiritualist church then. So yeah, right. it was interesting. Yes. So uh, so this is something interesting. it appears that psychic ability is very much passed down through heredity. So you had it in your background but you had six near-death experiences. What what caused yeah,
3: them? But, um, when I was when I was three, I had bronchial pneumonia, and I almost passed from that. Then in, at thirteen, I had my appendix out, and I I've now since discovered that when I have anaesthetics, that's what brings on the near-death experiences. So at thirteen, um, my heart stopped, and I remember floating in the room above my bed and watching the doctors trying to revive me, and it was like oh, the sort of up and down as so I was floating on water. And then I woke up in the morning and they said to me, oh, did you know your heart stopped? And I said, no, but I told them that I was, you know, on the corner of the room watching them. Then I had another four in my late 20s, early 30s, because um, I've, had, I've had a lot of illness in my life, so I've had to have a lot of anaesthetics. And the most major one was, um, it was, oh, gosh, 25 years ago, and I, I had to have a major operation. And I knew that I was going to die, so I actually got a will made the night before. I did, and when I said to the doctors that I
2: felt oh. something was wrong, you know. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow! <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so you've, you've you're past that. Let's hope, and you're into this very productive part of your life. How did you get started doing detective work?
3: Well, initially, I tried everything not to do anything with it, but um, there was a <laughs> big, <laughs> there was a great big case over here called the Backpacker Murders. There was a lot of international. Um, backpackers that went missing and that was a very big thing on our news over here because it was you know a big major serial killer and at first I thought that I was just watching too much television because it was blasted all over the news and radio and television and I started to dream about it but then after um watching it it, I ended up knowing things before it was on the news and I used to work for um, a local newspaper at the time and I spoke to one of the journalists there and started to tell him what I was seeing and um from that point onwards, I and I had some friends who. Um, one of them, her husband, was a police officer. So I, once I started to get this information before it was on the news, and then when they'd find where bodies were or things would happen, so then I was put in contact with the head of the task force, and I started working with the police that way. When was this? Um, it was. It was about twenty-five years ago. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. I had a miscarriage, so I, my son was born in nineteen ninety. Then I had a miscarriage, and so around nineteen ninety two, this started to happen. Wow, that is a long time ago. How many people were killed? Um, I think there's about seven, but there's still a lot that are there's still a lot that are missing that they feel are linked to this murderer, but um, they have not yet been found.
2: Oh my goodness, do they know who did this? Yes, they do. His have name they ever is found either. the murderers? Okay. Yes. Yeah, oh well, my I-
3: goodness. Yeah, I, I believe he didn't act alone. I feel that he, he worked with other people. But, um, yeah, it was quite frightening at the time because I worked for the newspaper. They did a story about me and gave me a fake name, but his girlfriend ended up contacting the paper and wanted to speak.
2: Oh, oh. Which was quite frightening. Yes, that's terrifying. Um, well, thank you for doing this work, even though you have some personal risk in it. My goodness. And and what what was interesting to me was these were mostly at least in in this uh, this book uh, that has just come out these are mostly people who went missing, and in some cases the victims contacted you, which I find really interesting. Is that is that what typically happens, or is it mostly that you're called by the by the detectives and you come and try to see if you can find the person? Um, I try to only do it that way now because. Through through
3: safety issues because I have had people come after me because of the work I do, and you know it, it's hard. In some cases, people come seeking their
2: lost loved one when actually they were the murderer. So you've got to be very careful. Oh, and, you know, oh, gee. oh yes. my goodness! I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, and if you, the police tend not to have that kind of frame of mind, so. Uh, in most cases, these people seem to be around. They've transitioned, right? And they're just anxious to give their families closure. Is that pretty much what's going on? Yeah, I,
3: I do believe that because I find a lot of the time, um, you know, they, they sort of say, oh, you know, that when people haven't been found, that they haven't gone to the light and they're earthbound. But I do feel that they are very conscious of, their surroundings and what's happened, and, and yes. they do bring you know messages through to their families about happy things, not always just sad and you know
2: horrible, horrific, calm um, circumstances. So, the consciousness mean, still lives on. that That's my conclusion, too. And I think that's an important point to make. Um, these people who that, that, that are be the Debbie's contacting are very, very with it. I was surprised at how interested they were, especially a a few of them, the fellow with the sailboat, for example, in getting their murderers caught, you know, solving the crime, because we we tend to think of those who have gone ahead of us not being interested in earthly things as much anymore, but uh, quite a few of them want to make sure their bodies are found, if possible, want to try to make sure that the the murderer is caught. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, it's very true that they go to great... um great links to get their
3: information through, especially Bob Chappell, the gentleman you are talking about with the yacht. At the yes. moment, um, there's been new leads with that case, and I did identify it, so I went I went under hypnosis on two occasions for that case. And at the time, no-one believed me that I, I saw there was three suspects and they entered the yacht, yet his poor... Um, his poor partner was jailed for his murder and his body's never been found. And now they've found those three people. And there's um, there's actually big stories going on in Australia here at the moment about that case. And those three people and the identicates that I did in the book from the hypnosis session, they do exist. And and one of one of them's been interviewed.
2: So have, have they confessed to the crime or, or are we just confident we have the right people? Um, one of them... There's a young female. She's she admits to being on the yacht at
3: the time and and admits about the other people there. But it's still an ongoing case.
2: Um, and, that, and, it, sorry, and and go. his his no his significant other is still in jail for this crime. When did the crime take place? It took place in um, two thousand and nine. I thought it was relatively recent, but that's terrible that she's still in jail for it. Just yes. briefly, everyone, this is a fellow who was working on this large, nice yacht, um, sort of trying to get it ready to go out to sea. It was at night, and um, people apparently thought he wasn't there, and when they found him, they seemed to have murdered him and uh, taken and then hit, thrown his body somewhere that no one's ever found it. And so his poor significant others, other, virtually wife, was jailed for his murder, and there really was no evidence, it seems to me, that it was especially her. There was evidence against it.
3: Yes, definitely. There's been a number of appeals, and at the moment they're announcing there's a big program here on the Sunday night show, and they're actually announcing new evidence. So um, oh. hopefully, hopefully we can finally see the right person um, being put away and, and Sue being let out of jail after all these years.
2: So you're saying that you had seen... Um, their faces and you had done um, you said aentas or whatever with with the police to help them help to so have an actual picture of them and they were recognizable from those pictures yes that's right well the identitys I did with them um,
3: yeah, I've been working with a, a retired officer on the case but um yeah when there's some software that's called flashface which you can use and you can actually do um, reasonable identicates, um, because I'm not law enforcement over here, I can't get access to the proper identicate software. It's, um, you know, it's only available for police officers. Yes. Yeah, you can, you can do some really um, quite good um,
2: images of what they look like, and they do match the people. Fascinating. And, but there, there are some, though, I've noticed, who don't know who killed them, because they didn't see the murderers. But this fellow didn't see the murderers right or or, or no. did he see them yeah well, i think he did i he, he didn't see them initially because he was working
3: on the yacht he was downstairs but yes. then then he saw them when they attacked him so um he, and it, it does um look as though he knew these people they were hanging around the yacht club at the time of right. his murder okay. yes right. but, okay. and i think too sometimes once they've they are passed then they still get to see things of how things you know progress and even yes, though yes. Um, his body was dumped either in wrapped in a sail or in a sail bag, he was very well aware of everything they were doing because the, the way they show me, it's as though they're hovering
2: above their own body or the, the crime scene yes. and watching what's going on it's it's typical when people are going to die from some traumatic event that they will be outside their bodies uh, from in a car accident or a murder um, and so if he was with it enough then he would it seems to me have been able to see and recognize the people that were doing this so how this all fits together that's what I love about doing this work because all the information is consistent that all makes perfect sense what was your favorite of all these that you did the most satisfying which one do you have a do you have a favourite?
3: Um, yeah, I think I think working on the um, Murphy's Creek murders um, and actually getting the messages for the young ladies there, although that the perpetrators, nobody's ever been charged, and that, um, at least four of them are now dead. Uh, that's been a really hard thing, but just giving their messages to their family has been wonderful. Yes. Um,
2: yeah, it seems to me that being able to give closure to parents—no, they're not alive. They're—they have gone on, but they're perfectly happy. And here's their message: what a beautiful thing to be able to do, for people who don't know what happened to their children. I think it is important for people to know that their love lives on, and
3: even though you know they've gone through these traumatic um, experiences, um, sometimes the the people who are deceased—they don't really want you to focus on that. They want you to—they want you to keep yes. living. A lot of the time, when they die, you know, the family members, part of them dies, and a
2: lot of the time their life is shattered completely because of the loss it's hard to live on. Yes, yeah, no, that can be heartbreaking to see people go through that. So it seems to me, if I were doing your work, I would find being able just to tell them, well, he's dead or she's dead, um, but they're fine and here they are. That strikes me as a wonderful thing to be able to do with your whole life, to be able to do that for people. but it, yes. it, one of the things that was interesting to me was that you t- immediately that whether they were alive or dead. If if you tuned into someone and you because you immediately say, well, he or she was dead. How do you know that? Because when I do tune in, they actually appear to me in the room, and I can see them.
3: So I see them, hear them, feel them. So they'll be walking around in the room. I'm doing the reading with, or if I'm at the police station or at the crime scene, I'll see them and that's how I kind of determined that but I was asked to work on a case the other day and this gentleman's been missing for quite some time and um, initially I could see little bits and pieces but I didn't really know whether he was dead or alive at that initial point but then I when I went to bed that night I actually started to dream about him and he's been very strong and he's now showing me that he was shot and you know, I can see all, all the pieces of the puzzle and I kind of feel this work is like working with a jigsaw and some bits make sense. Some things are from the past, some are from the future, some are from the present. So it's trying to put it all together and, you know, make a cohesive whole to give to the families or the police.
2: But so you've determined he is dead. You were able to determine that. Yes, yes. Yes, wow. I that. When we come back, we're going to talk about how she would know if he was alive. Stick with us. This is Roberta Grimes on Secret Reality.
6: of and i want to tell you about a great provision for those interested in spiritual evolution and personal empowerment find your path home shamanic art center is your resource for reliable leading-edge information education and healing offering our brand new online galactic shamanism classes long-distance shamanic healing performed by path home shamanic art school certified shamanic practitioners and the science of magic's topic-driven radio episode collections where i interview today's leading experts on science and magic All of this designed to inform, support, and empower you through these changing times. Visit us and all we have to offer at findyourpathhome.com. That's findyourpathhome.com.
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and we're talking with Debbie Malone, who is a, a psychic detective, and one of the things I was curious about when I was reading your book was, what? Would, have you ever ha- had it happen that you tried to tune in on someone and you thought they were alive? Have you had that kind of experience? Maybe, they're, maybe they just took off and left or something? Yeah.
3: Yes, I have had experiences like that. I find sometimes when someone's missing and they have mental illness, it's very hard to tune into them, because you know they may have used sometimes they may have used substances or they may be on medication, and so it, it's almost like you're seeing a distorted view of the reality that they're going through. So that can be difficult. But when I do tune in, I can um, I can see you know the energy is different when I tune into someone who is alive, um, but I can see past, present, future about them as well. So. But it's just there, a dead person's energy is a lot heavier, or I suppose a lot um, coarser. So it's sort of just understanding that. But I, when I tune in, I hear them. So I hear only in my right ear. I had a diving accident many years ago, so I've got tinnitus in that ear. So I hear them there. I see them, and I see like little video screens um, when I'm tuning in. I might see symbols floating past. Someone's got, say, um, a gold fake tooth or something. The tooth might float past, or. Um, oh, really? Take-
2: yeah, I see, quite weird stuff. <laughs> That's fascinating. Um, all right, well, so so if someone um, was uh, maybe hadn't c- completed a transition, have you ever suspected that that the person was actually earthbound? Would their energy be different too? Yes, their their energy is quite
3: sad, and a lot of the time you'll feel that that feeling you know sometimes suicides can come through that way Um, but it's interesting not all suicides do sometimes they feel that they're free of their earthly body and they they're not sort of stuck with that depression or sadness that they felt when they were alive so sometimes they feel more uplifted so yeah it is it's an interesting way that they come through and I think each
2: case or each time I tune into somebody it's different as well. Fascinating. And now you had um, one of the cases that's in your book is about um, a very young man. I think he was 27 who was uh, killed in an, not really an accident. Someone was burning down his store, and the young man was uh, was killed in that that fire. And one of the things you said was that this was truly an accident. That he hadn't. This was not a planned exit. He hadn't been able to complete his his mission here, um, which that's one of the questions I get from people are all deaths planned and and they tell us the dead tell us most deaths are planned uh, but there are some that are not have, have you found that a lot of these were planned or, or do you have any sense of what percentage of these people who have died violently the deaths were just accidental
3: yeah I think in, in Chris's case I've when we look back now because I still have contact with his mom um, he, he did fit a lot of things into his life and I don't think people realise that until you lose someone you kind of see that they did achieve a lot but really yeah he shouldn't I don't feel he should have passed at that time it was just the um the guy in the convenience store downstairs he actually bombed his convenience store to claim the insurance and when he did that Chris's um, apartment was above there was yeah yes. people killed in that and um his two flatmates got out but with the with the um, extent of the explosion, it warped the doors and he couldn't get out. But even as he was dying, he sent his mother a, um, a text message telling her that he loved her just as he was oh.
2: perishing. Yeah, and then repeatedly he gave her signs. Uh, P.S. I love you. Um, the, there's a movie, I guess, by that name. And, and uh, it, that was kind of a lovely, tender story between the mother and the son. Uh, so this was a case, of course, where we didn't have to go find the body. We knew where he was. But uh, make, giving the family closure about the fact that he was fine and at peace was uh, was important. So you think that he completed a lot in his life, but probably that still was not an exit point that was planned. Yeah, I don't think it was at all. Um, and the other,
3: the other interesting thing with that poor gentleman, um, one of his school friends, um, she was murdered um, – a couple of days before her wedding um, only I think it was two years ago now and when I actually tuned in to him, she appeared as well because I, the thing that they had with her was they tied yellow ribbons around all the trees as her remembrance because oh. um, she was a school teacher and she, I kept saying yellow ribbons and I didn't even know they knew each other and their mum, his beautiful mum Elizabeth, said to me, oh, yeah, that's, that's to do with Stephanie who was murdered as well. So oh they my. actually
2: appeared together. So, the, so they've reunited there, and uh, they're they're talking to their families then and giving them reassurance together. This is this strikes me as what many people would think of as a sad job, but yet reading it, I, I see you you seem to be really dedicated to the people involved in doing what you can to help them. It's really a very much a helping profession. Yes, I think so. It 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 is
3: hard when you're working with them, and especially when that somebody's coming to find. Information about their loved one, and you see they've passed away, and that person doesn't want to know that or doesn't no yeah doesn't believe that. That's hard, but then um, I I can see the difference in people when I tune in. When they might walk into the room, you can see their sadness and the heavy energy around them. But when they leave, even though they they know that their loved one's deceased, they um it's like a, it's almost like everything's lifted, and they they find there's a reason to live on. And I yes. think that's the thing. And to know that their loved ones with them is you know, And even with me, I'm a big skeptic. I never really chose to do this. And some of the information that comes through, but there's obscure things that I would never know. And you, you tell them that and they kind of go, how do you know that? You must be making contact. And I said, that's because they're telling me. You know, it's, it's kind of
2: strange. Yeah. One of the things that um, I find interesting is you, people wonder – when you graduate, when you are when you have truly passed, do you know a lot more then than you know now? And one of the things that I find interesting is people, and again, looking at the Shane Barker case, he didn't know who killed him, and he still doesn't know who killed him. It's not something he learned when he got there. Is that is that a usual thing, that people don't find out when they get there what actually happened?
3: Yeah, sometimes I think through the trauma of it, um, they don't always get to see – we have suspicions of who who did it. Uh, at the time he was actually shot, and it was night and it was raining. But the person had camouflage gear on and um, he's and like not a balaclava, but kind of a uh, yes. like a hunter sort of type hat. So yeah, it was very difficult for him to see. I think it was more the shock of, you know, um, he was a shooter himself. That was something that he used to do. But I think for him to be just found dead in his home was quite a shock for him and. It has been more about him trying to get back to his family and, and let them know he was okay.
2: Yes. But, I mean, I would like to know that myself, that we we get to find out things we didn't know in life, maybe not necessarily that, but other things. But you have you ever found a case where someone feels that they learned after their death what had happened um, surrounding their death? Does, it, does that ever come up? Um, yes. Yes. Especially with, there's a little. There was a little girl in the book called
3: Kayesha Abrahams, and um, it's a very tragic story. Her mother and her stepfather actually murdered her. Yeah, so that. The, the information that came through from Kayesha afterwards, and knowing about things, and it, um, but still, she's still very childlike. She was only six when she was murdered. But you know, I get get messages from her of little butterflies because that was something that she loved in the colour purple. And even after she passed, when I was working on her case, one one evening I'd, well, I'd, been, I'd met her, some of her other family who were not involved and when I did the reading I went home and I, I tuned into her um, like a little hat she had. When I went to bed I felt a little child crawling to bed with me and cuddle up to oh, me. Oh, my. <laughs> it, it was just it was, my children aren't that little anymore, but it, it made me think about when my daughter used to do that. But it was... All this little girl wanted to be was loved, and you know, yes, it was, yes. it was so it was so lovely that I felt that I could give her that kind of feeling back.
2: Do you do you work outside Australia at all, or are you only in Australia when you do this work? Um, I well, I've worked in New Zealand. I've worked on a
3: TV show called Sensing Murders. So I've done some in Australia, um, or pre- predominantly Australia. I do work with a group. I've only just rejoined again because I was doing a lot before I. Um, I was writing the book. There's a beautiful group over there called Find Me in America, and they have um, law, retired law enforcement over there, and they they work on unsolved crimes with psychics all around the world. So we will all tune in. We'll all be given a case. Oh wow, Kelly um, Kelly Snyder is the guy, and he is just incredible what he does. And they've solved so many cases over there in America. But they um, you know, they also they'll they'll work with cases. They worked on one over here. Um, that I've worked on um, yeah, they're just um, incredible people like all of the work that I do in Australia and find me as well is, is all done pro bono so it's all a matter of helping people and utilizing our gifts to make a difference so it's important that's, work
2: that's, Wow that's wonderful that, that you're, do, you're doing it you're not even asking for a payment my goodness that's amazing what about doing readings do you do readings for people in a conventional sense psychic yes. or, or, or you do yes.
3: Is yeah, that
2: I more of a business pro. then? Yeah, it is. I do that
3: full time, and then um, and I charge for readings. Um, but then when it comes to doing the, the police work, I do all of that pro bono, and um, and I also teach. I teach people how to um, tune in and do the psychometry. You know, and and through through people learning to do psychometry, a lot of the time the mediumship abilities will actually um, open up as well. So it's interesting to help other people. And there's so many people who are awakening at the moment who are finding, you know, they they might hear things or sense things or feel things, but they don't know what to do with it. Or they might have nightmares and dreams about things. And they may come to me to seek help of how to understand that and how to work with it and and, and sort of utilize it in a positive sense so that they're not frightened anymore.
2: Yeah, that's that's a wonderful thing. So you, you're, you give classes in this then. Is that what you say? There, Of course, it would not be on the internet. It, it would be there that you give the classes or do you give them on the internet too? No, I haven't started. to I, that, that, I have thought about doing them on the internet and doing them through YouTube,
3: which I think would be good. But yeah, usually, it's more in person. Like I'll have groups that will come and you know, that will meet up. And yes. that Yes.
2: Do you get the sense that there's more of in more interest in this area in in Australia? Because certainly there's a disproportionate amount of interest in Australia. It seems to me, given that your population is so much less than it is in the U.S. Um, I don't know whether that's just because I know the Zamets and I know they're very very heavily involved, or is that really the case? Do you get the sense there are very in, people are more interested in in what happens at and after death? Um. I- yeah, I suppose
3: I think it's it's becoming more acceptable here now. When I first started to do this kind of work, it was not something you would kind of talk about. Um, and people didn't really go and have readings and thing. or people had readings but not in the same sense as what we do now. A lot of people would go and have tarot card readings and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. now there's more of the mediums. I think the television program Medium actually opened people up to understand even what a medium was. Right. Um, there's There's been a number of shows over here um, like the one I appeared on the one, and then Sensing Murder opened that up quite a lot. But um, I find there's a lot of interest. England is is huge, huge yes. involved, and I do feel the states. There, I have a lot of contacts um, from people from the states, and do readings for a lot of people over there as well through Skype or phone readings. So, I, but I suppose with Australians, I think it, I actually feel we're a bit behind, especially when it comes to the psychic detective work because the police aren't so open here like police will say off on record they don't work with psychics but off record they they do work with us you know that's it's, it's,
2: what's happening in the US too and i find it interesting if they if they find someone who can really do this work they still won't admit that that's what they're doing but they're always calling the person up and saying hey got another one for you um I think that's an intermediate stage. I think it's going to become well known that there are people who can do this work and that it's immensely helpful. So so but you work sometimes for for the families as well, right? Not just for the for the police. Yes, I do I do work with the families. I just find sometimes it's a bit hard emotionally. Um people
3: can get quite upset with you or or they can get the other way they can be obsessed with you and they will only they want you to make contact with their child 24/7 kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, you know, and that's very hard for them as well. I I understand um, how they would feel, but sometimes it's not good for them or for the person in spirit. You know, you need to have a bit of time.
2: Yours know, are good for you. No, that's <laughs> that's a bit much. Well, we come back. we we're going to have more to talk with Debbie Malone about. So please stick with us. Welcome back to Seek Reality. This is Roberta Grimes, and our guest is Debbie Malone. She lives in Australia. She's a resident of Sydney. She had six near-death experiences. She started out with a psychic grandma, which is one of the indications that people may be psychic, but wow, she's become extremely psychic, and she does psychic detective work. She helps people to to find the bodies of missing people. She helps people to have closure if they're not sure if someone's dead or alive and she helps to people figure out who the killer was so it's it's her book is fascinating it it is called clues from beyond and it's not your first book debbie right what other books have you written Uh, my first book was called never alone a medium's journey
3: and that was about how i became a psychic medium and 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 the near-death experiences and then how i came to work on the police cases and then I've written a book called "Awaken Your um, Psychic Abilities," and it's teaching people how to enhance their gifts. We're all born psychic in one way, shape, or form, but some of us are better at it than others. So it's a matter of tuning in and following our gut feelings, and you know, understanding those little messages we get from the other side that tell us that our loved
2: ones are still around. Now, I didn't realize that you were giving readings, but I think it would be good if you told people. I, do you give readings in the U.S. too, right? Yes, I do. I do them via phone or Skype. One thing everyone needs to know is it doesn't matter how far away the medium is because where your our dead loved ones are, there is no such thing as space or distance. So your, your loved one can be easily with a medium who is all the way up, down under, and, and with you in the United States or wherever you are. So um, don't hesitate to think about using a medium who lives far away. In fact, I've had mediums tell me that it's actually easier if they're not in the same room with a person that they're trying to contact the loved ones of because they're distracted when they look at you. So do, what, what do you, I, do you have a backlog of, of people? Is there a, a waiting list for people to work with you? Oh,
3: it's not not so bad. It's a couple of weeks because I do readings full-time, So, and I've just opened my books again because I'd sort of closed everything off with writing the book, and now I've sort of got some free time again, which is wonderful. I can get back to doing what I love most, and that's, you know, helping people. Um, are you expensive? I'm $260 Australian for a reading.
2: Do you know what that is in the U.S.?
3: Oh, no, <laughs> I,
2: I, I think it's I think it's less th- less here,
3: but oh, it gets less because um our our dollar is about seventy five cents to your okay. um uh, value to your one dollar at the moment. So so it's yeah.
2: probably less than two hundred, so you're very inexpensive. That's terrific. Um, nowadays, uh, there's really quite a lot more than that most people charge. So that's good. So so um and 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 just to two. I'm surprised you only have a two week backlog. I have to tell you, just parenthetically and tell everyone, it's becoming very difficult to find a really good medium who uh, can even see you within two years. I've been astonished to see how rapidly that has happened. And as you say, there seems to be a lot more interest, and that's certainly part of the evidence of that fact. Um, but that's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'd like to have your information to put on my website because people are looking all the time and they will, they'll call these people. And oddly enough, the, the, the ones who seem to be the best and have time are in Australia, which I think is fascinating.
3: Well, thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful.
2: So w- what's your website, Debbie?
3: So my website is two um, be- ww.between2worlds.net.
2: So the the two spelled out. so it's t w o worlds dot net. Okay, that's it. all one word between two worlds dot net two is spelled out. so that's that's great. And what would you like people to know? I mean, I think what I would like people to know is you can get closure, you can, find out what happened to people or you can make the world make sense through people like Debbie who can talk to, can can pick up information about your dead loved one, even if uh, you, you may not feel that you are going to be able ever to t- t- communicate with them. It's very reassuring reading these stories and seeing people have have this kind of, of closure. So what, what would you suggest to people for advice if they're in a terrible situation and they, they wish they could get closure on, on what happened to someone. Yeah, I think it, it's it's good to seek out, um, you know,
3: to have a reading and then you actually, you, it's not always about the loss of someone either. It's sometimes people have want um, business guidance or, you know, just sort of um, spiritual guidance and, and finding out about what their path is in life. It's also their loved ones will bring through positive messages about, you know about the things that they can change in their life and and how to how to look at the good things because a lot of the time we look at very negative things at the moment when you look at the world there's so many negative news and
4: you know yes press-
3: terrorist attacks but there's and they're things we can't worry about because worrying about them it's not going to make it go away so I think it's about focusing on the positives and you know just taking time out and reconnecting with yourself and through doing that you can actually connect with your loved ones and the signs that they give you is a a wonderful thing like we we have a bird over here called a magpie and my father-in-law passed away five years ago and the messages that he comes back through with these magpies are incredible you know um, (laughs) really they they appear like and and I find loved ones have that as you know like other people with readings they might um, every time they find a feather that's a sign their loved one is nearby or you know pop might might have used to giving you you know a coin or giving you money when you were little and people will find change around the house and that's a sign like pennies from heaven so they will come through in different ways and sometimes music is another way they will come through to you know, let you know they're there. It might be their favourite song comes on the radio, or you can even get it through fragrances, like um, somebody's perfume or hairspray or boot polish might be a smell that reminds you of that person. And you know, people will say to me, I keep smelling this smell. It reminds me of my mum. And then i will say, and I'll tell them what the smell is, and I go, Yeah, my mum used to wear that. And I saw well, that yeah. she's just,
2: she's there. So it's I think it's finding things out that way, you know. So there, the kinds of readings you do can be connecting with dead loved ones, can be uh, maybe picking up on um, past, present, and future, as you said. Yes. Uh, psychic readings, wow. Okay, that's, that's great. That's very good to know. And so you can be contacted through between betweentwoworlds.net. That's right. Well, I, th- I thank you for telling us more about psychic detective work I'm fascinated by this and I learned something from your book I don't often learn stuff anymore when I pick up books because I've been doing this for 50 years but I did learn quite a bit from yours about this whole different area and it is tragic these things that sometimes happen to people but still the way to to surmount them to overcome them is to is to face them get past them and, and grow from whatever the experience was. Remember, this is all illusion. Nobody ever dies. And when you know that, it's a little easier to face whatever might come in, in your life. So thank you so much for being with us, Debbie. I've really enjoyed talking with you. And I hope you have a wonderful day in Australia where the world has just begun. Thank you so much, Roberta. I really appreciate you having me on. It was wonderful to speak with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, her book is called clues from beyond. And I found it fascinating. Actually, I I try to skim skim books, but sometimes I'm reading something I can't skim. This one I didn't want to skim. It was very, um, very enlightening and fascinating. So as you know, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and I'm very glad you could be with us today. Please never forget for a moment, no matter what's going on in your life, that you are a powerful, eternal being that never changes. You never began, you never will end. And that's true of everyone you love. And when you really, really get what that means, I mean, to the core of your being, and you can get what that means if you work at it. Um, What I learned the day I came to understand it was all really true was that, uh, frankly, there was nothing to be afraid of. Life is the most uh, glorious experience, partly because it's so temporary and we, we get to go home to real life, it's even more wonderful. Next week, our guest is going to be David Lowe, and she was, he was last with us to talk about his website, which is worldspirituality.com, and we we talked off air. I discovered he had another kind of expertise that I wanted to, to be able to uh, uh, find an expert on, and that is dream interpretation, because I get a lot of questions from people who wonder about dreams, and I'm clueless, and I'm as psychic as a post, so... When we talked about it, and I came to understand he had some real expertise in this area, I asked him to come back and talk about that. So next week, dream interpretation and and even how to ask for the right dreams so you can learn from them. Dreams come from your subconscious, which is really your superconscious, which is really the part of your mind that you left behind in what we now think of as the afterlife, but it's really real life. I'm going to be learning right along with you, so please join us next week. And of course, today we've been visiting with Debbie Malone of Sydney, Australia. What a delightful person she is! She's a psychic detective, and she's a very gifted medium. Uh, it was it was Wendy Zamet who said you really have to talk to her, and she's she's very, very good, very bright, and also as a as a psychic. So I think we'll put her information on my web websta- website. Her book is Clues from the Beyond. It's not very long. It's, you know, I like books that are short, so you don't have to marry them. You just sort of date them. And it's full of stories, which really touched me and made me understand that you really, in all situations, can have closure and can move on and understand your loved ones still are fine. My own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, and The Fun of Living Together. You can get them through bookstores or on Amazon.com. They're available as audiobooks and in 34 languages, believe it or not, worldwide. If you want to talk about any of my books, if you want to contact me for any reason at all, just go to RobertaGrimes.com. Please read my blog too. I enjoy doing the blog whenever I get to, not as much anymore because of so I'm so busy, but I try to do it as much as I can. So uh, contact me through the through the website. I always answer emails. It can take a day or two, so please be patient. But I do I do answer emails. Just make sure you always give me your correct email address so I can get back to you because I'll write you a, a, a long response. Of course, past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net on iTunes and through the Seek Reality app that you can find for free in the iTunes store. Dream Vision 7 Radio is broadcasting year-old episodes. I love those people. And um, you can always, always, of course, find me here. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And- You are infinitely, infinitely loved.